Welcome, welcome to the itinerary. Hello, everybody. I'm Jared Schwartz. I'm Melissa Schwartz. Hello, Melissa. We are back. We are better than ever. And we have a big guest alert today. Big guest alert. Big guest, huge personality. Justin Rossley, travel expert, author, socialite. He owns Pretentious Pocket, a pocket square company. He has a new travel business coming out, so you want to listen for that. He'll give you all the info. Just to give you a little taste about him, he wrote a book a couple of years ago, Don't You Know Who I Think I Am? Confessions of a First Class Asshole, a full frontal guide to hacking your way to platinum status. So he's definitely not shy and will tell you how it is or at least how he thinks it is. I mean, this guy is a big personality. He's fun. Um, Just a great conversation with him coming up. Um, If you want to go to Thailand, where Justin actually lives, or Bali, which he just went, which we'll discuss on the podcast, you want to use those points and miles, go to the itinerarytravel.info. That's all you have to do. That's the place to go to maximize those saved-up credit card points, airline miles, hotel points, whatever you have, you can travel internationally using those miles and saving you cash. Just go to the itinerarytravel.info, click the Contact Us link at the top of the page, and send in a message. Send in where you want to go, when you want to go, what you're thinking, and we'll get back to you on the best way to maximize those points and miles and save you cash. If you want to go back and listen to previous episodes of The Itinerary, it's very, very easy. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all you have to do is search for The Itinerary, download, rate, review, subscribe. Last week, awesome episode. Uh, Comedian Jared Freed was on. We were talking about uh, traveling for... Uh, stand-up comedy around the country, how he does it. Um, If you want to go back and listen to that previously, um, some other great episodes as well, all you have to do is hit the download tab, rate, review, and subscribe. So are you ready for our special guest, Justin Rossley, or he, as he calls himself, JRL? JRL and IRL. Let's do it. Let's go. Justin Rossley is a travel expert, published author, and socialite. He owns Pretentious Pocket, a pocket square company. You can find him on Instagram, at Justin Rossley. Hey, Justin, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on. What are we going to talk about today? We, we shall see. Um, you're originally from the mean streets of Scarsdale, New York, and now living in Thailand. Why don't we give the listeners just like an overview of who... JRL is, and how and why did you end up in Thailand? Uh, you know, I, I think that um, people say, why do you choose Thailand? And uh, you don't choose Thailand. Thailand chooses you. I don't know if you've ever been to, uh, to Koh Samui, the island that I've called home for the past over three years. It's crazy. Island time. This shit really goes by quickly. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the notion of uh, being supposed to, that you have to supposed to live in, in, in the country where you were born is, is so stupid and it's so archaic and I, I think it's something that really worked 20, 30 years ago but you know we're approaching 2020 and there's no reason why anyone who works digitally which so many more people do now than did 10 years ago 20 years ago 
need to reside in their home country. So I flew all around the world, and I, I didn't realize I wanted to move to Thailand until I kept coming back. And I kept coming back, and I kept coming back. And I was absolutely miserable living in Manhattan. <laughs> so I broke my lease. I, to, I, I told my, um, I gave a forwarding dress for where my landlord could now find me. Good luck. And I moved to Thailand, and I booked a one-way ticket, and I was dating uh, I was dating a girl at the time. It didn't work out. I stayed in Thailand. She went back to America, and, you know, I, I kind of won. Um, so it, it, it's, it's been a wild three years. But, um, I, 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 you know, when people say, why don't why do you live outside the U.S.? My, my question, and I think most expats that live here on Samui would say, why don't you? Um, there, there's a lot that Asia has has to offer. It's the greatest pocket of the world. It really is. We kind of hear that a lot from you know big travel influencers, people who just travel a lot for leisure. Like, why not? That's like their mantra a little bit, and it, it seems like it's yours as well. So you've been there three years. Are you still a U.S. citizen? Yes, yes. I think anyone that gives up their citizenship, by the way, it's like, it's like ten thousand dollars, and you got to get an immigration attorney to give up your citizenship. You can live. You can be a citizen in America, uh, in the U.S., and still have a U.S. passport and never have to come back to America. You never have to return to U.S. soil. You can legally, otherwise they won't renew your passport abroad. But uh, <laughs> there's, there, there's no reason to ever give up your citizenship. Anyone that does that, you know, typically might have like IRS problems or something like that. But uh, otherwise, there's no reason to give up your citizenship. And also, most importantly, never take citizenship for granted because you cannot just move to a country like Thailand and say, I'm just going to live there. There are, uh, there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot. To, it, there's expenses. You know, um, my, my girlfriend and I, we pay Thai taxes and Social Security. It's, it's a whole thing. And um, citizenship and, and, and the right to live somewhere is something that so many people take for granted. Just don't. Just don't. What would you like people who don't know who you are, how would you describe your brand? Like like who is JRL? Uh you know I wouldn't say it's matured over the years because you know, <laughs> anyone that's been following me long enough knows it most certainly hasn't. Um, but, you know, I, I'm someone, I, I wrote a book called Don't You Know Who I Think I Am, Confessions of a First Class Asshole. I'm someone that professionally doesn't take themselves seriously. Um, and I've been doing it for a while. Um, and I really never took um, the, the social constraints of life, like the notion, I, I have a chapter in my book and I write about, the notion of waiting for something and waiting in line is is absolutely insane to me. Um, you know, it, it's it, it, it seems very um, it, it seems very much a constraint and a, of, 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 of a society that I would never want to kind of live in and that doesn't mean like actually physically cutting people in line but it's the notion of waiting for something to be handed to you versus going out and taking it uh, for yourself and you know, I, as a philosophy, I, I wholeheartedly believe in that in, in life. You know, people say, Justin, what's the greatest travel hack? Uh, you know, because I, I had this viral video on Bustle about, um, you know, right. uh, travel hacking. I think the greatest travel hack is something that everyone can do, and that's just asking. People are afraid to ask the question. Nine times out of ten, if the answer is no, 
who gives a shit? You're, 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 you're better off asking than never trying. Uh, and so, you know, even if this is, you're not into a simple thing, right? You're, so you're not, you have no status. You're not entitled to use a business class or first class line. Mm-hmm. But if you walk up there and you're tight on time and, you know, TSA is, is a disaster, something we don't have to deal with in Asia, fortunately. <laughs> and, you know, use a, go up to the business class line. And, uh, you know, the first question I would say is, hi, I'm, I'm interested to know whether or not the forward cabin is, uh, is um, you know, if you're fully committed today or if you have a seat available. Like, I'm interested in upgrading. Even if you're not inter- interested in upgrading, even if you know the flight's full, just go and ask because that, that, that representative's probably not going to send you away from the line. Now, were you practicing what you preached there? Like, were you flying coach at all, trying to get the upgrades? Or were you always first class, business class from the start, and you just picked up these tips and tricks along the way for others? You know, uh, it's an interesting craft. Uh, Anything you'll find online is most certainly uh, outdated by the time it's published. It's constantly evolving. And, you know, look, I've always liked to define my own line morally and tiptoe across across it, write a book about it, and have fun along the way. I mean, travel is, uh, first and foremost, not just my hobby, my passion. It's absolutely a sport. And I think approaching it, like it is a sport and it's something that, that motivates you um, is, is a very different philosophy uh, than a lot of people have when traveling. Most people who are traveling, probably no one listening to the podcast right now, but they don't know what kind of aircraft they're on. They don't realize they purchased a basic economy seat right. until it's too late and they're, they're saying, God, you have a carry-on. I mean, these are not, this, these are, this is the majority of the traveling public. They have no idea what they're doing. And, um, you know, these are people that, you know, that 60% of people don't have a frequent flyer and FIP number on their boarding pass. And you wonder how we're able to fly around the world mm-hmm. in business class and first class cabins. They're subsidizing us. Miles and points are on the balance sheets of these airlines and credit card companies. I, I totally you're agree. Using them properly, you have no idea what the, what the hell you're doing. Yeah, you're subsidizing us. You're paying for our champagne. You're paying the caviar. That's it. I mean, we talk about a ton on this podcast about points and miles, how to maximize them, how we travel, you know, personally, internationally, business class, all the time on points and miles because we know the system. We know how, we know how to work it a little, and it's not like you're not doing anything wrong. You're just taking advantage of what's out there for you. And, yeah, I, I totally agree on that. You mentioned traveling for sport. Um, so you coined this phrase years ago, Jew jetting. And as two fellow Jews who travel the world, we feel you on that one. How, how did this come about? You know, look, I, it was really something that I kind of started as a – I love alliteration, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's something I started as kind of a joke, and, you know, this is when hashtags were were taking off. And, you know, I really like the notion of, 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 you know, the image of flying. Because very often, people in our space have figured out ways to actually purchase miles or acquire miles. For le- and fly in premium cabins for less than the cost of a business class seat or less than the cost of the per coach seat. So there's people who are paying infinitely more to fly a, a, in the middle seat in the back of the plane 
than we are. And we're, you know, two or three cabins ahead. And, you know, th- there's, there's a certain knowledge basis to that. There's a certain passion to it. And it's, it's absolutely a language that most people do not speak. Airline points, um, you know, airline miles, credit card points are the one currency that everyone has. And almost no one knows how to use or optimize. Almost nobody has mastered it. Just you. In the overall scheme of the traveling public, the people that know what they're doing are the single percentile. I mean, it's 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 almost no people know what they're doing. Right. They just don't. They haven't. They haven't mastered it. It's I find language. You know, this goes two and three levels deep. Yeah. No, I find people get like very overwhelmed, and it's kind of like they're turned off from even understanding it. Absolutely. They get overwhelmed. It's, it's, it's another language to them. People inherently get really uncomfortable when you start talking about something that is, that is above their knowledge basis, that they can't even fake it. They can't even just nod and say, okay, I understand what that's like. And when you start talking, you know, YQ, YR, fuel dumping, taxes, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, any of this stuff. What, I, have, I have a friend of mine. He's my attorney. He's, you know, University of Pennsylvania, top of his class, entertainment attorney. His name's Usman. Usman is one of the brightest guys I know. This guy can quote law from, from you know, uh, six different bars and, and everything else. And he's just brilliant. But he doesn't understand that, you know, in certain circumstances, it might make sense to book two one ways versus a round trip. He gets so overwhelmed by that. <laughs> That we've lost the audience right then and there. And so it's not necessarily intelligence that separates us. It's a passion for figuring out what's broken. Mm -hmm. And you guys live in America. You know the U.S. system of flying is broken. And I say that from the the luxury of living in, in Asia, which is truly the best premium travel market to play in in the world. We have wide body jets. Lie flat seats, real champagne on 60-minute flights. Mm. Uh, you would never find that in America. It doesn't exist. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, so what's, like, your life now? Like, if I were to say, is there a day-to-day? And, like, what would you do over the last couple of weeks? Like, how would that go? Sure. So, you know, the reason I'm an expat, the reason I'm, I'm 12 hours ahead is, is so I can you know, make my own schedule day-to-day be completely different from anybody, um, uh, anyone else's lifestyle that I, I might have had if I still lived in New York City. Mm-hmm. For me, that's the sex appeal of living on a private island aside from the fact that, you know, we go for sunset, drinks, you know, four or five nights a week. It's, it's incredible. Sounds There's no terrible. point in going through all the work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, have you guys been to Koh Samui? So we have not been there yet. We um, were in Chiang Mai, and we'll be in Bangkok um, this fall. Oh, well, um, that's awesome. You'll have to come check out Koh Samui. Uh, you know, it's, it's an island off of uh, the Gulf. You know, every, people typically come to Bangkok, and then they go to Phuket, and then they're always underwhelmed. Koh Samui is, is, is such a spectacular place to call home. You know, we're three times the size of Manhattan. We've got an international airport five minutes from my house. Um, you know, nonstop flights to Hong Kong, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur. It's, um, it, it's, it's, it's truly like an aviation geek's paradise to live here. Um, the approach.
Church is, is super awesome. Um, but um, to answer your question, there's no two days that are the same. Some days I'll work from my house. Some days I'll work from my uh, I have an office space. Um, I'll work from a restaurant I love on the islands. Um, or it won't work at all. And, um, you know, when, when you're in the fast-paced environment of, of Manhattan, you know, it, it's a very difficult thing to make your own schedule in two days not being the same. You, mm-hmm. fe- you feel, like, gainfully unemployed. It's, it's, it's almost depressing to not, have, to not have a pattern, to not have, you know, like a routine. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. So you have something new and exciting going on over there. Why don't you tell us, tell the listeners, like, what you've been working on? Well, I I think as a a fellow tribe member, I think you'll love uh, and understand the branding. So, you know, look, the overwhelming majority of uh, people have been messaging me for years, and they're asking me, how it is I do what I do. I don't pretend I'm buying $30,000 flights. I think you're a schmuck to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, I've, I've put together a site, and this site will really help people that are, are completely, as you were mentioning earlier, overwhelmed by any of this information because we do everything for you. So it's a mileage booking site. It's an award booking site, and it's called jujetter.com. And we have found... Um, actual jujetting travel rabbis. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it is. <laughs> and these rabbis are experts in the field, and there's two tasks that you can achieve on my website. You can ask the rabbi for a nominal fee. You're having issues, uh, United Airlines broke your guitar, uh, you know, you, you, got, you got bumped out of, uh, out of your class of service, you want your money back, you want compensation, they lost your luggage. We're going we're gonna to give you the wisdom. And, uh, uh, you know, for, for a nominal fee, and it's not expensive, you can ask us, and we're going to tell you exactly how it is we would handle it ourselves. Secondly, what you're capable of doing, this is, this is our bread and butter. And this is something that I've been consulting for for many years and really excited to introduce. But we will book the award for you. And it's not just a regular award. It's something that is an aspirational product. So we're not interested in in just getting you a seat. You know, um, business class seats, as you know, are not all the same. We like aspirational products. There's nothing better than taking, you know, 46,000 American Express points and turning it into an an all-in-the-pond first-class seat. For me, that's where the, the sex appeal lies within this space. For me, that is like the end-all be-all of, of award bookings and I want to uh, I want to I want to spread the gossip and I want to sp- I want to I want to spread this by way of our uh, of our two jetting rabbis who are um, are probably uh, some of the, the greatest experts within this space at booking award travel and booking the seats that you actually want to sit in because business class is not all the same varies greatly between airlines in terms of quality and product I mean, that's awesome. Um, I have a lot of the same thoughts uh, as you do. I, I find it interesting, and I've had some of these same type of ideas, not with the rabbis, but um, how can we get people to understand the system better and make it work for them? 
Um, so you have, I mean, personalized concierge, if you want to call that. Um, are these people on jujetter.com able to do it themselves or are they coming to your people? Your people are providing this one-on-one service for them and booking it for them. So it's, it's truly seamless. It's, it's a one-on-one and look, we don't want anyone to do it themselves because if they knew how to do it themselves, they would be doing it already. They wouldn't need us. Uh, it, it is su- there's such a lexicon within this space and I'm sure you'll agree. And it's so much easier to essentially outsource your award bookings to people who are experts, who live, breathe, and eat miles, than to learn to do it yourself. It really is. The first, the first website I go to when I wake up in the morning, I read the trades. I read Flyer Talk. I'm on the blogs. Right. One mile I want to see what's going on. These are people overwhelmingly that have no idea what the hell to do with their miles. They're using their American Express points, uh, you know, to, to buy electronics. You know, as a Jew, I'm sure that makes you cringe. Yep. And and there's a bit of a backstory here. Um, I I really became fascinated with this when uh, my my father growing up was was able to put a lot of things on the business and you know lots of was able to earn millions and millions of miles. And I'll I'll never forget. Um, you know, UPS guy shows up the house, and I said, "What the hell is this?" And there were like fifteen bows, like the original gangster, like <laughs> old OG Bose radios. And I said, "Why did you buy a Bose radio for every room? <laughs> and not just every room, but there's one on each side." He said, "Oh, it was free." I said, "What do you mean it was free? These are like six hundred, seven hundred dollar, you know, alarm clocks, radio. What, what are you doing?" And he says, no, I just used points. And I, 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 I had no idea what that meant. So I looked into it and I realized he was paying like three or $4,000 in terms of valuation uh, for these Bose alarm clocks. And I've never forgiven him. Millions of points worth of alarm clocks. And for, for me, that was a huge wake-up call. And yes, there's a lot of symbolism there, and I love it. And I, ever since then, I've been fascinated by uh, the notion of... of Having something that's of better quality, like a better quality seat, a better quality experience, food, lounges, the entire experience for less than people who are getting a worse quality product. To me, um, that really moves the dial. And I've always been fascinated by that get. It's a game. And you have to be in love with it to be passionate about it. What about the guy that just has like a couple million American Express points? And really doesn't want to start from square one because it'll, it'll take them a year to figure out the things that we've learned by trial and error. Right. No, I, I mean, it makes sense. We've been doing it a while on our own with our, with our site, the itinerarytravel.info, where, you know, people come to us. They get personalized, you know, one-on-one service specifically for points and miles. Um, so for Jujetter, when is it launching and how much staff do you have? So, you know, we've got the flying rabbis. Uh, we can fit three on a carpet. Uh, it's great. Mazel uh, tov. Live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, wor- they work at, we even, ha- we even have one not as pious. I'll answer your, answer your, um, your emails on Friday nights. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll even work during this, this Sabbath. You know, we'll, we'll pour some out for Elijah. You know, look, um, I, I, we're launching the 1st of August. So I'm 
really excited about this. Super busy. Uh, you know, just got back from uh, from America. But you know, I, I guess I guess our distinguishing factor because there's a lot of award booking sites out there. But I think the one thing in our mission statement that we seek to do is we want to book the same products that we would personally want to take. So I feel like a lot of the interaction we're going to have with our customers. Um, and our clients alike will be explaining to them that flying Qatar business class right. is worth the extra stop. Yeah. So why would I not want to fly nonstop? Why, if I can fly another airline, fly nonstop? No, trust me, you'll thank us afterwards. You're going to get that Q suite. You got to get the Q suite. And that's another thing too. It's the aspirational aspect of it. It's not like, all right, I just want business class and I'll give you a three-day you know, range when I'm willing to travel and be flexible. It's more than that. It's, uh, you know, th- th- there's, there's an aspirational and, and even social media aspect to it. Ten years ago, people didn't take photos on planes unless you were me. I was the only lunatic on board <laughs> taking photos. No one, uh, no one cared. No one understood. Now it's, you know, travel is the new bottle service. It really is. It's how people flex. Yeah, I I can't say that enough. Like when I think of you, I think like one of the original travel influencers, like before it blew up, you were doing it just like you said. Um, And you stood out because of that. Um, Like you had, you were traveling with celebrities back in the day. You had... You know, you did a couple of reality TV shows. I remember what, Millionaire Matchmaker. Was that the one where you... Uh, I, I, can't, I can't confirm nor deny. I think you got kicked off of that one. That but very entertaining. And, the, and, then, and this... Yeah. This, but this stuff went viral, like, and, and got you and your name and your brand out there. And so now we're years and years late, later. Um, do you feel like you were a pioneer in this space and how has it evolved for you over the years that's a great question i I think that the space it has become a bubble and i think this bubble will absolutely explode like 2021 2022 because everyone in the world with you know uh, a set of tits or or you know uh, injections in their ass feel like they can be an influencer um, and, you know, uh, it, it's not sustainable. It just is completely not sustainable, and I, I think it's ridiculous. But I've been doing this. I'm, I'm old school. I've been doing this for a while, and before I even realized that, before the term influencer even existed. Right. I didn't know. I wasn't. I was just doing stuff for, I guess, the right reasons. I don't, I mean, I was doing stuff because I thought it was cool. I wanted to show people this is just, you know, this is before any sponsorships. This is before, you know, um, anyone was really doing anything for with with schematics behind it and statistics. There was none of that. It was just, look, I think this is cool, and I want to show you what I'm up to. And, you know, maybe you have similar interests, or maybe I can inspire you to do something that I think is cool. And for me, that was great gratification. Was this strictly and, for fun back then? Like, were you getting paid to do anything back in the day? It was mostly for fun. I mean, I, I write about uh, in my book, uh, Don't You Know Who I Think I Am? Confessions of a First Class Asshole, shameless plug, available on it, Amazon. I was just going to say, available on Amazon. <laughs> yes, just in case we're not hyperlinked. So I, I write about in my book, if you want to be paid for doing something, do it for free. Do it for free. Give it away. Absolutely give it away. And then figure out who's going to pay you to do it. 
You can't just show up and say, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to be an influencer. Do it for somebody that doesn't even know you're doing it for them. So were you, like, did you ever have a steady job or this, this, was, your, this was your jam since whenever? This was it. This was it. You know, I, I, have, a, I have an undergrad degree in entrepreneurship, a master's in finance. I'm supposed to be a banker. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like an investor. How boring would I be? No one would follow me. I, any of this stuff, I'd have to make my profile private. I'd have to misspell my name by one letter. You know, those people, they're like attorneys. They leave out vowels or con. I mean, how boring do you have to your job be if you can't express yourself? And, you know, not in like a Harvey Weinstein kind of way, but, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay to be your own boss. It's okay to not be corporate. And I feel like... Um, I learned that I wasn't corporate at a very good time in my life because some people don't figure it out until they're 40. And that's like the basis of a crisis. I realized I could never show up at an office every day and just get someone's ass. I just couldn't do it. I never could. And uh, you know, some people have said, look, Justin, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're, you're, you're running from your problems and that's what this travel is. That's amazing. That's great. There's nothing, you know, I, I think the one education that people could have very quickly in this world, it's not going to a four-year school or six-year school or a, a secondary, third degree. It's travel the world for a year and see yourself through the eyes of different cultures and figure out what the hell they know that you don't because I guarantee it will be humbling. Yeah, I think just because you're not using your degrees in an office setting doesn't necessarily mean you're not using them, though. So... My mom is a doctor, my dad's a lawyer, and so they've had the same jobs their entire lives. And because early in my career, I would jump around year to year to make more money, that was just like, they couldn't understand that, and they just felt like I lacked like focus and commitment, whereas like I was just playing the game, right? And my game was different than theirs. I think that like, especially having Jewish parents, they have like very specific ways that they think that you're supposed to behave and go through life, and any you know, any turn that that's not on that path, they just don't know how to digest. Absolutely. I mean, you know, especially when your, your, uh, your son decides, he calls you one day and says, by the way, I'm moving <laughs> to Koh Samui, Thailand, with absolutely no warning. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the amount of Jewish guilt I felt through <laughs> that call was insane. Was You're breaking insane. my heart. It was so crazy. So, um, yeah, you, you, you nailed it. And, um, you know, I, 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 think, I think it's really evolved. And I think we're not even there yet. I think that the notion of, like, the, the real estate that is an office place is, is, is really silly. I think office, offices in general mm-hmm. are kind of going to go the way of brick-and-mortar retail. 20 years, 20 years from now. I feel that even now, like, you know, I work for a big company and the other companies that I work for, they all have open seating plans because they are able to reduce 15% of seating because not everyone comes to work every single day. So I, I definitely think that more and more businesses are, are going the way that you're predicting. Yeah, and, you know, showing up used to be 80% of the job. It really isn't anymore. People give, they care about your productivity. So you know it's 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 great it's great to have a, a expensive uh, lease on an office space where you have to um, 
know, companies feed their employees, they air condition the place. It's not inexpensive, and I think it's it's an I think it's actually an incredibly inappropriate uh, societal norm. Just the notion of you know, everyone's so green, everyone's so cognizant of, uh, you know, of, of CO2 and your carbon footprint. Maybe stop traveling an hour in each direction to go to work every morning. Very true. I think, like, the best follow-up, and you must get it a lot, especially over the years and maybe more so in the early years, is, like, how do you afford to do this? Like, ha- I know points and miles are a big aspect. We do that for a lot of flights, but... Um, you know, with just being an entrepreneur and a rebel and, you know, writing a book and all that stuff, like, did it, did it take a nest egg to make this work? Were you always able to provide the lifestyle for yourself that, you know, you live and you wanted? How did that go? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, you know, as far as social media is concerned and as far as anything that somebody shows you on Instagram is concerned, remember that the role of an influencer is that of someone who is really a conductor. They are curating their lifestyle. They're showing you 1% of what they want you to see, 1% of their day, if that. So, you know, a, a lot, but the answer is, in my case, so most people are fronting. A lot of people are fronting, and you, you never see what's, what's behind closed doors. Right. But, you know, a lifestyle is a terrible thing to waste. Um, I've always just been incredibly savvy and so things that cost mm-hmm. on the retail you know um, side of it that look like they cost a lot of money you and I both know it, they really don't it costs a lot of IP it costs a lot of of loyalty right I'm very loyal to my hotel brand you know these things aren't free they come at an expense but it's really at, at a fraction of what people would think it's certainly at a fraction uh, of what you know the, the retail value would be uh, most recent uh, most recently uh, just a week ago um, Candace and I uh, flew back my girlfriend and I flew back from from New York and we were flying a and a first class and you know, there was a moment in the sky that we realized we are on a private a wide private jet we were the only two passengers in a cabin of eight we had a three to two service ratio <laughs> love it yeah, we three flight with three flight attendants there's two of us and, and trust me we kept them working the entire flight they were exhausted <laughs> they probably would have rather have had eight Japanese passengers than, than, than the two of us but they couldn't have been more lovely the Japanese do things they have a service model. I'm fascinated by the Japanese they're the most fascinating alien species I love them I love their culture and I will do anything to be surrounded uh, in, in, a, in a metal tube by Japanese hospitality <laughs> for 14 hours but you know look to my point when you see the photos, it looks like we're in a wide-body private jet. I mean, this is, you know, uh, something that would cost if you were purchasing it. This is like a twenty-five thousand or thirty thousand dollar experience. Yeah. Now we, we, you know, we paid uh, we paid a, a fraction of a fraction for for the tickets to to ticket it between acquisition costs and 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 taxes, and it's just it, it just people don't understand that. People typically think that well, somebody somebody's paying for it. Yeah, the people that don't have the FFP number, they don't have the frequent flyer number on the boarding pass. They're the ones that are subsidizing this. You mentioned Candace. Uh, how long have you guys 
been together. And I mean, over the years, a lot of your pictures are not solo. They're with, uh, you know, a female counterpart. And like, uh, I mean, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. She is quite literally my fly and die bitch. She is amazing. <laughs> she is. The, she has the travel. Hey, Candace. <laughs> She has the travel bug. She's downstairs. I told her to stay downstairs. Okay. So <laughs> she's got she's got the travel bug. So we met in Thailand. We met in Koh Samui. She owns a hair salon on the island. Yeah. And we we both moved here with different people. And gotcha. We moved on from them and we stayed. And so you know, travel is the language. She certainly speaks it, and traveling around the globe with her is the greatest thing. And, you know, it's it's like anything else. It's it's, it's more fun with a partner. Uh, totally, you know, the mileage expenditure is double, <laughs> but it's so much. It's, it, the memories are great. Priorities, and, right? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I used to fly all around the world by myself. Yeah. And it's just like you know, it's it, it's certainly exciting. I think it's something that that especially like you know your younger listeners should should absolutely do. Uh, it's a prerequisite for me. If if I were hiring somebody, I think uh, more important than their CV is their passport. Um, where have you been? What did you learn from it? For me, that's that's a quintessential question to ask somebody to kind of figure out whether or not we're on the same level um, and uh, their ideologies in life and whether or not uh, they're an asset to any organization. It's it's a question about culture. It's a question about you know global understanding because we don't work in a regional world anymore. Are you still doing the pocket square thing? Yeah, so I have uh, I own pretentiouspocket.com. It's actually a business I'm focusing full time now on jujetter.com. Right. So okay. It's a business I'm winding down. I'm I'm, I'm selling it. Uh, so um, actually, I'm, I'm 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 taking offers at the moment, but it's not <laughs> my passion, right? So you know, I think we've all had jobs. In the past, it, I love pocket squares. I love fashion, but I wake up in the morning and I don't go to GQ.com. Mm-hmm. I go to the trades. I, I, I'm fascinated about um, about travel. I'm fascinated about miles. I'm fascinated about um, the notion of, um, of of showing people and teaching people um, how to do what it is. I've I've had a great experience in my life doing. For me, that's magic. Yeah, um, you mentioned your book uh, a couple of times. So we'll plug it again. Uh, Don't you know who I think I am? Confessions of a first-class asshole. A full frontal guide to hacking your way to platinum status. Available on Amazon as well. Um, So there was a lot of media, obviously, around the book with uh, the viral videos. Um, What were some of your favorite travel hacks that you wrote about? And then any new and exciting hacks since that book came out over the last couple of years that you've been using recently? Yeah, look, I I think that... um I think that the most important thing to realize uh, about travel hacks is they don't have to actually be you know, like I wrote. All right, so I wrote about in, in the book uh, a travel hack I had, which which is this is old school um, travel hack that I've that I've I've had to pull several times and it's never failed. And this is the hack where I would travel with planners peanuts. And I would crush them under my seat if I was sitting in a, in a really undesirable seat. If I were flying coach or had a terrible, you know, seat mate, or you sit next to a guy that really doesn't, you know, just occupy his seat, um, I would reach down and literally grab my peanuts and crush them under the seat and ring the call button and say, "Excuse me, but I have, I have a peanut allergy and there's peanut dust in my seat. I, you really need to reaccommodate me." 
and it's it, it's it's a horribly effective trick, and it's a very it's a, it's it's a very hardcore trick to play, but it's so much fun, especially <laughs> if you've had a drink or two. How many it's times had? How many times would you say you did it? About a dozen times. Wow. Yeah, but you know what? Look, um, it is so. And it worked every time. For, uh, come on, if you were a flight attendant, you heard that. You know, expensive. You're talking to somebody who has a peanut allergy, so I'm very interested in this, <laughs> and, and I'm interested to see if anybody like went off around you that they had some type of allergy. Right, right. Well, you know, then there could be pending litigation. <laughs> Correct. That. But I will say that. How do you? How do you? Me. Is this like I'm parking in a handicap space now? I'm crying wolf. No, we appreciate the trick. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate the hack. I appreciate the humor. If I wasn't on the flight, I don't care. transition a little bit so you mentioned living in thailand so you're able to visit a lot of different places uh southeast asia that are a bit harder for most of us to get to uh one place you recently went to was bali um i feel like it's a polarizing place like some people love it and some say it's so overrated um where do you stand and how would you describe it How'd you get there? Was it was it on points? Did you fly a wide body? I, I only, I 
mean, aside from uh, Bangkok Airways, which is the mm-hmm. only airline flies into Koh Samui, um, I, yeah, I, I, I only fly wide bodies. I, I, you get really spoiled. I haven't flown domestically in the U.S. in over three years. I would. I, I was joking around with uh, with Candice. She said, "How do you want to get between New York and L.A.?" And I said, "Tokyo." <laughs> I wasn't kidding. Is there a more comfortable way to get between New York and L.A.? <laughs> no, there's not. I mean, I guess you could go on that old Delta wide body, the 767 that has some lie flat seats, but they're not that great. But those yeah, are, those are tombs. They're tombs. They're terrible. Yeah, I, down in one of those awful. Yeah, I feel you awful, on that. Awful. Yeah, so, I, yeah. Y- you know, for, for me, it's not necessarily like, where are we going? It's mm-hmm. how are we getting there? And so I take a very backwards approach to travel. Um, where'd you stay? I'm very loyal to Hyatt. So, uh, we stayed at, uh, now, um, it's a hotel called the Viceroy in Ubud. So Viceroy Bali. Viceroy, uh, unrelated to the hotel in, uh, in South Beach, okay. is now part of the, um, small leading hotels. Mm-hmm. So basically it's, it's part of Hyatt now. So I stay there. I'll stay at the Grand Hyatt or the High Regency. I mean, there's, there's plenty of places to go. And, um, in, in fact, you know, it's, uh, the Indonesian, uh, rupiah, it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's really weak, um, especially compared to the Thai bot. So it's a great time to go. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with going to Bali. It just is not super exciting to me because I actually live on an island that is a real island feel. You know, Bali's, Bali's huge. Bali's, Bali's a city. I did see, though, that you gave a shout-out to one of uh, Melissa's brands there, Condé Nast Traveler, and you said, number one rated hotel in Asia, I understand why, looked everywhere but can't find a single complaint. That's pretty big praise from you. Huge praise. Huge praise. Um, and, you know, that's, that's some of the Balinese service. I mean, it's, it's, it's really incredible. The language barrier there is, is, very, uh, is, is really not a factor. Um, the service is incredible. Um, yeah, it's very rare that I can stay in a hotel and not find something wrong. It's, it's, it's one of my problems. Um, and, you know, instead of enjoying the moment or what could have been better, and I'm constantly, Candace is constantly reminding me, stop critiquing shit, just, just enjoy it. And she's 100% right. We're working on that. How is the food over there? The food in Thailand's better. Yeah. Period. The, the food, I mean, look, we have some of the best meals I've ever had. You know, you, you could have purchased with a $5 bill and still gotten change back. Uh, you know, some of the, but, you know, when you live here, you know where to go, you know exactly what to order and, and kind of how to eat. Southern Thai food is, is spectacular. So you didn't love it, but great hotel you mentioned. So for every international destination, we give out passport stamps. So one, zero through 10, 10 being the best. How many passport stamps would you give Bali? I would give Bali, I would give Bali five. Um, it's not as relaxing as it should be. And so a lot of people go with different expectations and the traffic for me is the biggest turnoff. I moved from Manhattan. I broke my lease to get away from traffic. So you're telling me to get across Danza Park, to get across the island of Bali, you got to sit in traffic for 45 minutes to an hour and a half. For me, that's not vacation. That's hell. Um, so we'll wrap with this, do a little thing called quick fire. Just a few questions. First thing that pops into your mind. Um, when's the last time you flew coach? (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, 
three months ago. Really? Okay. Three, four months ago. I, but just to Bangkok. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, let's not get excited. Just to Bangkok. Okay. Yeah, I, I've got a reputation to upkeep here. What are you doing? That, that's right. Uh, <laughs> best first class and business product out there. Uh, business, hands down, cut our, you know, I, I hate to follow, um, you know, follow everyone else's opinions, but I, I've, they're just spectacular. I love um, A&A first class. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's there, the notion of Japanese hospitality has never been replicated anywhere else in the world. Um, it's truly an art form. It's not training. It's who these these amazing people in, in service and flight attendants actually are. And so there's a warmth in Japanese culture and hospitality that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. So I got to give uh, A&A because I've been flying them a lot frequently and, and also JAL. But you, you will never go wrong with Japanese airlines in first class. Your favorite hotel in the world? Oh, Park Hyatt Abu Dhabi blew me away. Just blew me away. Um, and I think that goes to show that Park Hyatt is such a strong brand, especially um, like all Hyatt's outside of, uh, of North America. They're just incredibly competitive. American branded hotels in Asia, as you know, are just next level. Yeah. Most overrated travel destination? Bali. <laughs> oh, oh, so no, not Bali, not Bali. I'd say... Nassau, Bahamas. If you're going to the Cove or you're going to Atlantis, you're just, you're a schmuck. You really, really, I, I don't care if you only have a weekend off. It's like the worst value. I cringe when I see photos of people sitting on that big stupid chair. You know, maybe if you have kids or maybe if, you know, you got a spectacular deal. But I can't get over the rates that they're charging for just like a, a resort factory. Yeah, it's not my idea of a good time. We did an episode at the SLS, and I was Kansas would be disappointed in me because I I was a savage. I, I was oh, you ripped them yeah. so hard. Oh, that was that was I, awful. I, I I don't understand going on vacation and seeing everyone from your neighborhood. I just don't get that. <laughs> That's... Can't you guys do something? It's ridiculous. Everyone's talking on the phone. They all have the same area code. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> You, to hear your dialect, I think you know if you're going to travel, you got two weeks, two weeks a year. Go somewhere where people don't understand you. You'll feel better about yourself. You really will. You can do whatever you want. It's great. Write things off to, to cultural indifferences. I like it. But it's yeah. What hotel has the best room service? Grand Hyatt Kuala Lumpur is one of the most spectacular hotels uh, that I regularly stay at. Um, yeah, I, I don't get room service as often as you probably think just because um, I'm, I'm typically just a lounge schner, uh, or we're going out uh, to eat or eating the restaurant in the hotel. But um, it's just spectacular. The melee food is just amazing. It's just amazing. And it's not, it's not t- the type of cuisine you can easily find in America. And that, what, that's what makes it even more special. Your favorite pocket square color and pattern? <laughs> oh, man. It's got to be um, the Hampton. Go to pretentiouspocket.com. Look up the Hampton. It's vibrant. It's pink. It's, it's, I, yeah, I just got back from the Hamptons. Maybe that's why it's on my mind. Right. But it's, it's beautiful. It's white. <laughs> it goes, it's, it's, base, it's a conversation piece. It's in your face. It's cleavage for men. <laughs> we don't have, that's it. That's all we got. It's your cleavage. My eyes are up here. 
I say my eyes are up here, honey. Please, it's enough already. <laughs> Will you ever come back to live in the USA? Absolutely not. I mean, maybe once you fix it, you know. It, it's, it's not up to crazy. me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's so funny because you know my parents are are now in you know they're they're a little bit older. They're they're in their seventies, mm-hmm. and I get clippings from my Jewish mother. She sends me pictures, blurry pictures, <laughs> and they're live photos. And she doesn't know what a live photo is. She doesn't know I can hear what she said before and after she sent it to me. She sends me photos of articles from the New York Times. Not, rea- not realizing that as she's sending that, I got an iPad in my lap, a laptop on my feet, a, 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 an, I, you know, an, a, an Apple Watch on my wrist, and I'm looking at that. I mean, she, 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 thinks, she thinks that we don't get news here. It's amazing. <laughs> um, if people want to check you out, where can they follow you and just give them the new website? Sure, absolutely. So if you have miles and points, which is one currency everyone has, and few people know how to use, and if you think you know how to use, we know how to use better. Uh, you can go to jewjetter.com where you can ask the rabbi uh, should you have any uh, any specific questions uh, or travel concerns and you want to know how we would handle it personally. Or you can submit a um, – you can interact with our rabbi and uh, we'll book a trip for you. And we'll show you exactly what you never knew you needed to know and make sure you're not flying garbage products like United across the pond or Air India. We're not we're not gonna send you say, Oh, it's business class. No. I, I will I would never personally uh, sign off on any of these products and we're gonna steer our clientele away from them. Religiously. Religiously. All right. Seven days a week. <laughs> you can find him on Instagram also at Justin Ross Lee. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for taking the time today and coming on and shalom. Thank you so much. Asalam alaikum. Our thanks to Justin Rossley, fellow member of the tribe. He coined the phrase Jew-jetting. Check out his uh, new website that's out right now, jewjetter.com. Um, what an interesting character, that's what I'll say. Um, if you follow him, and, and you should on Instagram, at Justin Rossley, uh, the pictures are amazing. You know, big-time influencer, has been in the game a long time before influencers were really alive. As he mentioned, he was, uh, you know, taking pictures on planes when nobody else was. Uh, He's built a a brand. He's been on a couple of reality TV shows, um, has the Pocket Square Company, now coming out with uh, JewJetter.com. So our thanks to him. Many great stories. How about that? Living... Um, over in Thailand, just got up three years ago, said, hey, mom and dad, uh, I'm going to be moving here and staying here full time and never coming back. I mean, it seems like he's really happy, though. So maybe maybe we will. Island have. island life. Uh, it's cheap. Um, easy Sunset to get. Sunset cocktails four to five times a week. We can't even walk outside without needing a shower at this point, so maybe... As he, me- as he mentioned, and a lot of these travel influence- influencers do, why not? That's like the mantra. Um, wanted to do it, got up, made it happen, um, and doing a lot of things in the travel space. So our thanks to Justin Ross Lee. Again, uh, his website, jujetter.com. If you want to go to our website, theitinerarytravel.info, we can help you out with points and miles there. Uh, maximizing the value as well. 
If you want to go back and listen to previous episodes of The Itinerary, all you have to do is search for it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars, of course. And most importantly, tell a friend, get the word out, tell a friend. So thanks so much for joining us on this episode of The Itinerary. We'll see you next time. Bye.